Well, okay, oh. I think we're going. We're going. I've got a hair in my mouth. Always. That is lovely. Mm, I say, but it's, it's, it's one of my... And I see that you're eating licorice. Oh. Takes all sorts. Now, I just made that joke and it got nothing from you, so I thought I could do it again. <laughs> With the hope. Comedy. With, yeah? <laughs> Come on. With the hope that it would tickle my fancy this time. It didn't, it didn't tickle you. No, I'm excited because today I've worn a scarf for the first time. Uh, the first time ever? Not ever. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> what is this thing? You, you wrap it around your appendages. Um, appendages? A neck is, an append- is a neck an appendage? No. <laughs> no. It's attached to my... No. Is it because it's attached to two things? Oh, dear. I was hoping for some real, like, high-class, high-quality <gasps> conversation this I'm week. Un- it started badly. I'm going to Can an appendage only be attached to one thing of your body? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Did you just fart? <laughs> You're listening to Don't Laugh But... So sit back, relax, and let Kirsty and Rebecca sanitize your thoughts with their infectious twatterings. Could you, yeah, keep keep close to the mic. Close to the mic. I am close. Okay. How much close? I mean, literally. Do you want me to make love to the mic? Really, in no way whatsoever. Do I want you to make love to my well, microphone? <laughs> okay. That's how. How are they? How is this your microphone? This is definitely my microphone. I mean, just because it's in here. And I paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's that. There is that. But apart from that. I feel very much ownership on this mic. You should. If you you talked on this mic. Mic. On the mic. Oh, it started so badly. No, it started so well. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, I'm very nervous about this week. You are. I was, but I've I've processed it before (sighs) I... I've been worried about it because I didn't do any questions like I normally do. I feel like I've been revising for an exam and now I've just got sheets of notes (laughs) and and now I can't bother to look at them. None of them make any sense whatsoever. I've got five points. Oh, I see. That's better. Yeah, I should have just done five got, points. I've, I've really, I've narrowed it down. Okay. Because more, because we're talking. Well, look. First of all. Oh no. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm w- jumping ahead, mate. Going wet. We're going to talk about morality. How, how are you? Firstly, I'm really well today. Ooh. Yesterday was a productive day. Oh. Today, I've worn a scarf. Yeah, that's and, productive. Oh, it was exciting. I felt mm. like I was in the right amount of clothing. Yeah. Well, you've been wearing a cardigan, though. You know my feelings on that. Oh, I know. I am morally is, wrong. Yeah, it is your uh, no. As I've said to you, we don't need to go down this road fine, again. Fine, fine, fine. Cardigans, are, cardigan gate. They work. They work on many levels. Okay. All right. All right. I so there's been lots of YouTube, uh, Facebook videos I've been enjoying this week. Okay. Welcome to Don't Laugh Part. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. are Don't Laugh Part. Yes, I'm Kirsty Hudson, and I'm Rebecca of the Elliots. Yes, you are. Yeah. Fantastic oh, yeah. author. Uh-huh. Oh, I tell you what, I did fantastic do this morning. Thank you. You're fantastic author, Kirsty. Fantastic comedian. Well. When I get back on stage, I will be. Well, yeah. One day. I mean, they're happening. They're happening a little bit. Yeah. I went to the coffee shop this morning. I was reading some reviews, and they did make me smile. Oh, people, if you want to write a review for us. No, not our reviews, mate. This was uh, was, your reviews for your pretty funny book. Oh, that's nice. Treat and a joy to read. There are some bad ones as well. Well, yeah, no, but one of them just got, I have to say, on the bad one, he was just angry. I well, it's the classic. You write a book basically for teenage girls, and then some middle-aged bloke reads it and goes, "Well, I couldn't identify with any of it at all. Any of it nonsense." <laughs> well, why are you reading books for teenage girls, you plonker? Plonker. That's a good word. Plonker. We don't hear that enough. We need to bring it back. Um, How? What, what I'm saying about these videos, Ryan? Oh yeah. So I'm watching what, them. what videos. You know, like the little Facebook videos. I've had one about a cougar chasing a man. Uh, which apparently cougars go for your neck. That's terrifying, isn't it? Oh, I thought you meant like the women who go for... Aren't they called cougars? Oh, they are. Oh, the women who go but for the guys. These are also called mountain lions. I don't think the women are called that. No. 
Okay. Living the mountain. So there, lion. there was a mountain lion chasing a man. Yeah, he was protecting. His, the man was protecting the babies, though. Wasn't okay. wasn't protected predatory. Okay. Protecting the baby. Mm. But there was another one where there's these two women, right? They're in like a, like a. They're on a hike, yeah. middle of nowhere, got okay. no phone signal, and this man has been following them for like half an hour. They are getting so terrified, and they can hear their breaths. Go, what should we do? What should we Oh, it's and they're Blair really Witch. it's really scary it's mm. like you're building up and you're going oh shit she's like I've got my pepper spray I don't know what to do I've yeah. got no phone signal and the man's shouting they can't hear what he's shouting they're like like he's got this scary mask on yeah uh, because obviously we're in crazy well, times and, yeah. you know but she's they're like what's he going to do what are we going to do, we gonna do? Mm-hmm. and he's mm. all like um, hey hey has one of you got a mini he was trying to find them because they dropped their keys <laughs> on. and I just thought that's my life literally terrified yeah. of everything and then all of a sudden yeah. i've just dropped my it's keys just someone trying to just help you know yeah. i just thought that was a really good metaphor for yeah, life yeah. you know well is so, it? Yeah. Hi. I, did, me. I mean welcome this me, week we're just going to describe youtube videos no that's not actually youtube videos facebook videos so no that's fine I, um, really mm. yeah last wow. week we talked about yeah i didn't well hang on my turn now Oh, I was going to talk about coffee shops again. Why? We've done that. Well, I've got we a, wrong that dry. Made a point. I, I missed a point. I missed one. A fantastic point. Oh, go on then. I think I should open a coffee shop. Yep. I would call it Zones. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in said coffee shop, I would have them in Zones. You can have a talk to me, I'm lonely corner. Oh, you no can, one wants to sit there. <laughs> yes, I might sometimes <laughs> want to sit there. I'm not going to go in the popular corner. I'm going to go in the desperation <laughs> yes. corner. Yes. You can have a politics corner because I am having lots of discussions with men on politics at the moment. Okay. Quite passionate. I'm mm. bumping my trolley with them. Bumping, yeah, I am. Uh, also a euphemistic. Yeah, I having am. I'm, passionate I'm, bumping trolley oh. incidents with a lot of men right now. <laughs> yeah. Fun. I was up last night in the middle of the night bumping trolleys. Were you? That's <laughs> so... That's <laughs> lovely. I actually was. Anyway, um... Anyway, so my, my yeah. cafe would be called Zones. Yeah. Coffee shop. And you'd have a political zone where you could chat about politics. If yeah. you want to sit about politics, you want to talk about politics of the day, go to that zone. Uh, dating. Yeah. Uh, you could have... Um, what if you're sitting in the dating zone and no one comes and talks to you? Come that's on. That's okay, mate, because some, that, that person might not, might not just would, be would in Would you there. just quietly move them to the desperation zone? <laughs> it's clearly the dating zone's not right for you. <laughs> you move yeah. over here to the lonely zone. Because <laughs> that's the best you can hope for. Or, I'll get you a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking because, like, you know, they've got conversation starters mm. on uh, on Facebook, haven't they? Yeah. And that is a conversation starter is when your post gets the most likes or comments in the last four weeks. You become a conversation starter. What? Do I you? know. This is a fact. This is a fact about Facebook. What? Oh, I know. I'm bringing it all to the table this I've week. I've never had that. I know. I know. If I, and I had. I had loads of them when Sid was in a coma. I mean, that was well, that was that was the only good thing about him being in a coma was yeah. I had so many comments on Facebook. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, why else? Cloud. Why else? Why, why else, else would you have your son in a coma? Exactly. Unless it didn't get you lots Not, of Facebook attention. But yet, no conversation started for me. So I thought to myself, hey. I would become that conversation starter in the shop. Oh, you just go around. I would go around. So. You do that anyway. Yeah, wherever you are. I think I might. Whether just, people want it or not. I think I'm just going to create that as a job in life. Okay. I don't know how long it paid for. Kirsty Hudson conversation starter. Yeah, and you know what else I learned this week? This is really going to blow your mind. Is it? No. Go on. You might know this already because you're quite tech savvy. Tech <laughs> savvy. <laughs> I look at you and I think Rebecca Elliot. 
tech savvy. <laughs> Go on. Well, I do you own know, two microphones. You know the uh, the the bar on a on a for iPhone or an iPad. Yeah. The space bar. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. You know when you try and go back into a word and you can't get in the middle of yeah, the word? Yeah, hold your finger down. You knew this already? I think I showed you that. I don't think you did, mate. Yeah. I saw it. I was I was saw it on Facebook. Can I tell you what else? If you're writing something on notes, use notes. Yeah, I on do. Your, on your iPhone. Don't like it. I'll if you make things. a mistake, mm-hmm. shake your phone. Oh, does. No. Yeah. I know. It's a game changer. No, I was going to say, how is your, uh, what I refer to as the inverted pyramid of pet abuse mm. in your household? Because you have got a, a poodle, should be at the top there. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a chihuahua, mm. chihuahua, <laughs> if you will. He has got so much swagger. He's the coolest. And then you've got a rabbit. Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And you'd think it would go that way around. No, the rabbit chases and attacks the chihuahua, mm. and the chihuahua chases and attacks the poodle. And the poodle was like, out? and the poodle was like, literally, what the f? I was here first, mm. and all these. How's poodles, she doing? Poor dog. She's all right. She's fine. She looked at me today, like, really, it is still here. Yeah. And he walks down with so much swag up. And oh, you little chihuahua! He has got. He is so funny. Like, but now he has started to chase the rabbit back. Oh, like, good for him. He is. He really does think he has got small man syndrome. Yeah. Thinks he's a ginormous bear mm. and he's all like nah but my rabbit is super cute my rabbit comes for a carrot every day just that's, comes up to me what's oh. a carrot yeah I mean they're quite classic for a rabbit it's not sort of unusual no. you don't eat your rabbit like marmite or something that might be something of you note witness you know what a rabbit likes you- <laughs> carrots can you believe it did you not witness my carrots you witnessed you've seen Bugs Bunny right you witnessed yes cartoon mate <laughs> you witnessed it's documentary you witnessed i'm gonna say it again yeah you witnessed my rabbit balancing on one tiny stick to go oh leave. that was impressive yeah i mean it's he yeah. is pretty impressive as yeah. carl well yeah um can we delve into my what's it called your crevice of curiosity oh, just crack of questions crevice <laughs> of curiosity i might have a crack of questions for the crevice of curiosity <laughs> do that <laughs> No, I haven't got a lot. Oh, uh, no, hang on. Is it not? As, is it going to be as exciting as your hummingbird story last week? Because that, well... Maybe. I mean, that, that, that blew everything else out of the water, <laughs> frankly. Um, E.T., the yeah. film E.T. Yeah. And this is pertinent for us at the moment because that is our Halloween evening yep. viewing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, E.T., the version that lots of us have seen, the TV version, yeah. replaced all the guns that the bad guys and that the authorities are holding with walkie-talkies. Oh, yeah. They photoshopped. Digitally. Mm. I was going to say photoshopped them out, but I think you're right. I think it's digitally. Yes. yes. Oh, wow, that's exciting. I know. Mate. So you have got ridiculous bits in the film where a guy is like pointing a walkie-talkie at the face of a kid. Like that. it's a threat. I thought that was fairly interesting. i tell you what else I got this week, Curse. I got sneezing, okay? I've got a couple I of things sneeze. on sneezing. Firstly, sneezing doesn't have to sound like anything. You know the uh, the whole uh, yeah. And some people have massively loud sneezes. My you stepdad. don't need to make any sound apart from like the air coming out or mm. the the kind of mm. the chew, if you mm. will. There's no need for the ah. Uh. We oh. add that because we like doing it, and then it becomes habitual, and that's why we do it. Secondly, a lot of people sneeze when they look at bright lights. Mm. So you know that thing where you're going to do a sneeze and then it goes and you're really disappointed because you were looking forward to it at that point. You know, it's going to be the highlight of your day. Mm. Mm. If you look at a bright light, it'll come back. 
And conversely, and I think I've mentioned this before, if you don't want to sneeze, mm. if your sneeze is coming, you don't want to do it. Rub something. No, you say the word pineapple. <laughs> Loudly. Although, obviously, if it's in a funeral, you, you don't want to sneeze. Pineapple. Shouting pineapple would be worse. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I know. Why do you not want to sneeze? Where's the situation where you think, oh, I know what this will be embarrassing, sneezing? Yeah, I, as I say, I can't really think of a situation where shouting pineapple would make you look more sane. <laughs> like, I, if I could stop that farting, like, that would be good. Pineapple. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be better than farting, audibly. But sneezing I enjoy. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, I I can do something about sneezing. I get hiccups when I eat spicy food. Just going to drop that in there. Go on. I hate hiccups. When I have hiccups, I think I'm going to die. It's like a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure on my... It's just hiccups, I don't like it. Oh, Oh, you're very pathetic. And then you can't say, oh, I am. Yeah, oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) God, pathetic. Gussie, pathetic, Hudson. Yeah. Um, One thing I don't know about sneezing is when you sneeze... Your pressure goes up in your brain really high and quite dangerously. Did you know well, that? Well, it's the classic. You can't have your eyes open when you sneeze because your eyes will pop out. Will they? That's not true, though. We should try it. Somebody must have done it. Just to get in. on YouTube, they'll do it. If my eyes pop out and get on YouTube, they would have done it. <laughs> it's like the thing with a hamster. But if you hold a hamster too um, too tightly. You'll squeeze it to death. No, their eyes will pop out. No. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like common sense, isn't Just it? Just roll across the floor. <laughs> I don't think They're anyone like should really do that. really tightly. I'm saying slightly tightly. <laughs> slightly tightly. Oh, that's a good name for band. Slightly tightly. Yeah. I like that. I-, I cried the other day. Did you? Over Pavarotti. Oh, okay. Singing, and I'm going to find out what it means. <laughs> Over the dead body of Pavarotti. <laughs> I mean, it was a while ago he died, but you know, yeah, still okay. tears me up. He sings. Is it Nessa- don't sing. You're not going to do it, <laughs> No, I'm not. Nessa Dorma. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I think Nobody it means... Nobody does, mate. I think it's something about... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, something about Dorma windows. I did Google it to sound more like I knew what I was talking about. And then I, forgot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like most of my Why life. Why are you weeping over Pavarotti? Oh, I don't know what happened. I'm driving back... What's love. his first name, Kirst? Luciana. Luciano. <laughs> okay. Come I on. don't like it when people do that. What? They say the name in the accent of the boy. <laughs> <the person. laughs> well, yeah, well, you like, when you're in an Italian restaurant, you talk, talk to someone and then they'll order the meal. And they'll go, yeah, mate, I'll have uh, have a glass of wine. And they're like, done, eh? <laughs> shut up. Like, there's this, there's this show I watch. And he's called Andre, right? The mm. man. But he's from... Uh, like the Czech Republic or somewhere like that. And she yeah. goes, Andre. Like her husband. This is my Andre. Andre. She's American. So she's like, yeah, what's going on? Andre. <laughs> I just go, no, 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 no. Yeah, anyway, okay. that song made me cry. And Michael Jackson sings too much in songs. He sings too much in songs. Well, not anymore. He did. <laughs> yeah. He has left this mortal coil. Yeah. Mm. Or oh, has he? Yes, he has. <laughs> I've got a new feature this week, but we'll come to that at the end. Well, we could do that now if, if you, you want to do it. it. If oh, you fancy it. There's a lot. There's a lot to oh, say about it. There? Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep it brief. Keep it short. I'm going to go with, there's a working title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Woman of Wonder. Um, this is about you, is mm, it? Well, it could be. I could say a little wondrous fact about myself, but no. I am <clears throat> going to celebrate women that we might not So women about. of wonder. Women. Woman of wonder. Um, because I'm doing one woman every week. Okay, all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. This woman <laughs> yep. is called... Yeah. You 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite now because I'm gonna call her Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored, so I just pulled a funny face, alright? <laughs> pick it up, pick it up. Come on. She's making mouth gestures at me. Okay, so now yeah. I'm going to say that because I am going to say her name is Freddie Overstegen, right? What? Freddie what? Freddie Overstegen. <laughs> okay. But I can say that because I lived in Holland because she's Dutch. Freddie. No, just because you've lived there, you can't do that. Okay, Freddie Overstegen. Right. Overstegen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1925. Okay. Right? Now, Freddie. Yeah. Her family hid a Jewish couple in their home, right? And that inspired Freddie and her sister, Truce. Yeah. Uh, and they began handing out anti-Nazi propaganda flyers, right? Mm-hmm. Very bravely because, yeah. you know, the Nazis, they were quite scary. They were pretty bad, as they I were. understand it, Kirsten. Well, this woman, she was badass. She was. Right tough and feisty and she was noticed by a thing called the council of resistance yeah now these people when i say resistance they were resisting the nazis right mm-hmm. now this woman she did all kinds of things she used this was a teenager at the time yeah she used dynamite to blow up bridges to stop the nazis coming across different places wow dynamite wow i mean imagine if like my son just started messing around with dynamite i mean yeah. that's I mean, it would be quite random now. Now, right, but at the time, yeah. it's like, what? Uh, um, she killed, um, she lured German soldiers into the forest with romantic uh, romantic intentions, or they, as they thought. Don't you think we've spoken of, of this woman before? Wasn't she? She was with her sister. Know. Yes. And she and, killed and there was And there was a third girl as well, and they were all teenagers. I don't know. I don't remember talking about. We may have done. Yes, I think we have. Oh, well, they, they, they would kill these people. They would kill they the German soldiers. They would lure them in with promise of a nookie and, sh- and then just kill them. them. And she shot them on her bike. Sometimes she'd just be riding a bike and she'd see a German soldier. Wow. And see, why has a film been made about this girl? Well, she also, right, got Jewish children out of Holland, smuggled them out and helped them escape from concentration camps. Wow. She, planned, she had a whole life doing this stuff. She was 92 when she died. Wow. A day before her ninety third birthday. Okay. Uh, she was she was ninety two then. I didn't. You know, I have to think about old people when they go. Oh, how old are you? And they go, I'll be eighty nine next birthday. Right. So you're eighty eight then. Don't exaggerate it. I think you should be proud of if you've got to eighty eight. You should you should be able. Yeah, to go, be proud of being eighty eight. Mm, mm. But you're not eighty nine yet. If you're eighty eight, chances oh, you might my. not get there. Start the show, mm. and it is a show. Oh, it's so morality, mate. We're talking right, about so we're morality. talking about morality. We I've been quite nervous about this, like been revising for exam because I studied, you know, philosophy of ethics <laughs> many moons ago. Did you get a first? But mate? now I just, I got, I got a first. Yeah, did you know that? Mm. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. Uh, but now I can barely remember it, but I want to remember it. So I've, I've written scores of notes, and it's just all. Well, let's just have a little chat. Let's have a, let's let's have have a little, little chat. I'll kick, off, I'll kick off the chat. Nobody's track. here to learn anything. I mean, that's very clear. <laughs> well, if they came here to yeah. learn, <laughs> you need they're to in the wrong classroom. Yeah, is what they're in. Morality, I tell you why it's made me Doing the wobbly. right thing. Whoop, stop right there. I was going to do a little intro. Doing the right thing. Is that a song? Do the right thing, not the black and white thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah, as far as the... That's, that was singing, wasn't it? It might have been do the, the black... Anyway. Uh-huh. But it was a good song. Mm. Uh, morality, I tell you why it's, why it's worrying you, mate. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why it is. Because it's a forever 
shifting platform. Oh, right. That's a sentence. I know. Yeah. So you're standing in the in the, on the platform that is morality. Yeah. And you're you're like in the earthquake zone. You you're going okay. This is moral. This is moral. Oh, I don't know. Is it moral now? Because morality is constantly changing with the evolution of society. It oh, look at you with the big words. Well, it is, but there are some moral absolutes, aren't there? Is there? Give them to me. Well, Hit me with them. Well, I mean, that was sort of supposed to be a bit of a question mark at the mm. end there. That, you know, they're not killing and stealing and all that. But, of course, there's always exceptions to the rules, Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> this is your thing, you see. You think about Jesus. You think about God, don't you? I mean, God killed his only son, and God's quite moral. Yeah, I don't think you quite got the point of the whole Jesus thing, no. but we're not going to go down that road. We don't need to, but it, you know... <laughs> it, still, it still confuses me. But morality, what I was going to kick off with... I mean, I did start strong. You did start strong, You yeah. did, but I feel it's rapidly careering down the hill, isn't I, it? I'll start walking back up again. Yeah, okay. Um, no, but morality, you know, doing what's right and honourable and virtuous and all that kind of thing, has it sort of gone out of fashion a bit oh, recently? Uh, has it ever been in fashion? Yes, of course it has been. Why? Well, they used to kill- what, what was oh. virtuous and what was good was supposed to be what we're all aiming at. I'm not saying people were virtuous and good, but it was supposed to be kind of like the, the aim, the strive of like what the good life. Whereas now, is it a bit too individu- individualistic, <laughs> if you will? If you can pronounce it, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it is. I think, I think it is. I think. But if you think back in the back in the day about mm. virtues and morality, they used to kill people in the street, and people used to come and watch. Yes, that's not that moral. No, it's not moral for our eyes now. But they were thinking that they were being moral then. Exactly. Which, yes, of course. This the, is the why rules change. But talking about now, mm, let's talk about now. Are we all a little bit fed the line that we all are deserving of happiness? So happiness, we're striving for happiness now, rather than doing what's good for the good of everyone. Mm. It's quite individual, individualistic. We talk about our own. I still can't get that word right. <laughs> you, I say, will. you say it with such a pronounced face. Individualistic. <laughs> so yeah, no, but we believe we have a right to our own happiness, ah, yes. and of course we're not going to be happy all the time. So then we kind of feel bereft when it's not there mm, and we feel the, the whole victimization mm, thing mm. is kind of I, uh, you see it's, it's such big points i can't with your, with your stupid face looming down on me i can't get them out there <laughs> no i think i think but no, instead of happiness point. should we be actually looking for I'll meaning instead of it doesn't help <laughs> instead of happiness should okay. we not be looking for meaning and purpose well can but I... that's a bit out of fashion isn't ah, it well let me talk to you about that and, Oh, hang on. But going down the whole, like, you're just perfect as you are. You're perfect as you are, babe. You're perfect as you are. But actually, we're not. And we should be striving to be Mm. better. Mm. So there's the whole thing, yeah, you're perfect as you are, but you're also, what is it? You're a masterpiece, but you're also, what is it? A work in progress at the same time. You're a work in progress Mm -hmm. at the same time. But I think sometimes we forget the whole work in progress thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you deserve everything. Oh, you yeah, have yeah, rights. Yeah. You have a right to be happy. Sure, you have sure. a right to be treated equally. Mm. You have, uh, yes, we do have rights, but equally, we need to sort of be striving to improve ourselves a bit. Mm. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head in lots of I ways. I really don't think no, I have. No, no, let me, let me, let me bang it in for you, right? Thanks, would you? <laughs> I'm banging it in for you right now. So you've said like, uh, I think when you when you look for uh, meaning. And what else did you say? Meaning and... Meaning and purpose. Meaning and, and purpose. I think that is happiness. I think yeah, that they're, they're one of the but same. But that's a broader idea of happiness. Yeah, but exactly. So I think we just need to 
change our points of view at times. And when you, if you do those things, but don't place pressure on yourself to do those things, then maybe that is then when you remove the pressure but just kind of do it and allow it to be those things i agree but i do think there should be a little bit more pressure I don't, I, because you know all the depression and anxiety and early yes. cynicism and all that kind of thing the answer to that is not necessarily saying but you're perfect just as you are i don't think you need to say you're perfect as you are it's I, it's the, it's saying you have the perfect potential yes exactly to do and to be whatever you can be and and part of that should be doing the right thing for others and having meaning and purpose. Well, but there is a lot of thought going into saying the only way to find your purpose is to do for others. That service to others is our part of our soul's growth, part of our being, our reason for being here. Yeah, but so, is, it, is it a bit out of fashion? And it's not yeah, just individual. It? It's not just individualistic. I will get that word right yeah. one of these times. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we have the group mentality now. Mm. We're all in groups. You know, even like you, you see on like social media, you know, the, the person's profile will be like. You know, it will mention their sexuality. It will mention that their that their politics. You know, feminist, bisexual, da da da, and that that's great. But it's like you're just identifying. So it's a broadening of the individuality. I'm part of that group, and therefore my morality is tied to whatever they think, rather than actually spending the time to kind of think, what do I believe? What do I believe is right? What do I think is the right thing to do? Mm. And then you get the victimization of like, well, my group is being marginalised. My my group is being victimised, and the victimization thing makes you less interested in being empathetic to others um and it's more it's, it's the whole polarizing thing that we've spoken about before mm. it's a tricky subject and i think you're raising because we all feel like we're being downtrodden yeah and so that stops you looking outside your groups and actually thinking yeah but what do you feel like you're being downtrodden i mean i, personally... I think it's easy to, to go down that route sometimes and i think as that a that... woman or whatever and i wonder if that's age. just okay like lawrence fox at the moment is we've talked about Lawrence Hawks in the past. He's coming out and saying, as a white middle class man, he feels marginalised, and he feels mm. that he has racist attacks on his because he won't do things like uh, um, say the Black Lives Matter. He'll say that all lives matter. Now, this woman the other day was just uh, just had a really strong argument for him and said, "I I feel sorry for you that you think that that you're marginalised." Yeah, and I and but he truly believes he is marginalised. As a white middle class male, absolutely having no conscious, no, no concept, yeah. he really believes that, and he really believes he's on the he, he's on the same page as this woman. And he tried to say, "Look, we have things in common." She went, "We have nothing in common. No. I will never be your friend. I will never even be your associate." I can't remember who the woman was. She's, she's a but equally, of... that's not helpful. That's I what think, I'm saying. I Just to be okay. polarized on one no, side or the I other, think it's okay. you've got to find the common ground. Well, why? I think yes, you can. But I think it's okay to not have that common ground. Like, as I've talked to you this week, I've been bumping my trolleys with lots of men on um, heavy subjects like abortion, like uh, like who should be going for the next uh, Supreme Court judge position. Absolutely, and debate's massively important. And, and I love those conversations. But that's debate. That's not having this sort of like, I'm in this group, they're in that group, therefore oh, I hate them. It's, it's a loss of all the things that go with groups. morality, which is all like the empathy, tolerance... And just like caring for people because they're humans. Well, I Not because they're in the, that. they have to be in the same group but, as you because my group thinks this thing and your group thinks that thing. But can't we just... then it all becomes introspective and not 
It does, but can't we just have the privilege at the moment where we're living in a free society mm. that we can just have these debates and be in these camps and recognise within these camps that they are just I don't think any, I don't think people should be in camps. But they're superficial. They're not real, but they are what it goes down to, I Because otherwise you, you end up believing stuff, believing that such and such is the right thing to do because my group believes that. Well, and then you feel afraid to say anything outside of that in case the group comes back at you. Well, how right, can you be a feminist and say that? Well, well, I ha- think, yeah, and, interesting. And well, that's, I think that's, that's, that builds closed minds and it, 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 it's polarising society into, into little factions what, that yeah. are all victimised by all the other factions. Oh, without a doubt. And this is why it's so interesting that he has brought this to the table that he feels marginalised as a white male where white middle-class men generally are making, it seems, politically, and I could be wrong on this, making all the decisions. So to say that he's marginalised is bizarre and alien to me but he's clearly free i think he's doing it to create a political job for himself he is um and i someone i don't enjoy at all but i but i quite i've listened to him quite a lot and i think it's about just being our gang mate it's about feeling a sense of belonging and is it how you helpfully react to that need for a sense of belonging like i definitely when i'm with my people my women who i uh, lean with politically who who are aligned with my feminist politics i feel a sense of safety and comfort from those women or men in those groups there are very much men in those camps with me um and i enjoy that however i really really do strive to have conversations with people who I really absolutely disagree with and I have quite a few in those because there's obviously Darren being American I know a lot of American who are very conservative in their viewpoint and I just love to have discussions that that I feel like I grow from but I will never agree with them or align with them but I feel I am doing my bit for standing up for people without the voice that I have because I am middle class now and I have access to uh, all kinds of things that I might not have had if I didn't have money or didn't have the things that I have and all of those kinds of things. And I just feel like I want to say my opinion and my voice and not align with that and not go, you know what, that's not okay. Yeah. Like if you post something in a social media form that I disagree with, I will direct message you and go, I'm not comfortable with that. Sometimes well, I think, I I think that's good because equally, I think there's a morality of niceness these days. And I think we need mm. to be able to tell people when we believe their shit stinks. Oh, yeah. But obviously if that goes too far that way, then you end up just being abusive, which is what happens. Yeah, well, it's also recognised if it's just if you're just if you're with someone who you're friends with and they something that they say or do something that you think is morally abhorrent then most of us kind of wouldn't say something about it and you need to say something about it because otherwise you're complicit in them doing or it's saying tricky, that. but there is a morality of niceness i don't want to rock the boat I just, so you've got one extreme and the other yeah, like mate. online you've just got the kind of abuse of like i'm in one camp you're in the other yeah, mate. but equally we want to keep the this facade of peace with each but other and actually you... we do so there's that balance it's how you deliver the message though isn't it You've entered the sanitized and disinfected twatmosphere of Don't Laugh But. Please thoroughly wash your hands and thoughts on the way out. It's a fascinating subject. You know, like, um, like the morality thing, like, you know, like wanting to do the right thing. Like if there is a situation where someone is being blatantly homophobic or blatantly racist mm-hmm. or sexist in a situation, mm-hmm. where are the times where do you, should you stand up? Yeah. Thinking about, I would for my inner situation, but thinking about your own personal safety within that, you know, I slapped on a train for no reason. Would yeah. I be slapped in a situation for a reason? Would I want my child to do that? 
Yes, in theory, without a doubt. But in practice, is that the mo- I would would want to get help for somebody who was being hurt, and I think I might go and get help. I don't. I would want to say I would directly help, or I would engage others to get us to help. But it's it's easier say, when we're sitting in a safe office chatting than it is when you're when you're when you, violence is placed in your face. Sure, sure, sure. So what's the moral? You know, the morality is in all kinds of situations. I'll yeah, just it, but, and equally, and I know I, I sort of started the discussion on that. I think, but you know, telling people where they're going wrong, I think, is how morality is going at the moment. Oh, so one yeah, group saying definitely. I'm being victimised and this is why, and you're doing this wrong, yeah, rather than morality should actually, and it's as, as I say, it's gone out of fashion. Oh, be doing the right thing, nice. the honourable thing, regardless, right. regardless of whether you think yeah. they're in your group, regardless of, and. I don't know if we've sort of lost that a little bit. Well, no, don't you know if he's got it right? And like, <clears throat> you know, the, well, who, I can't remember who said it, but you know, the true sign of a good man is what he does when no one's watching. Ah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because what I do when no one's watching, I'm, like, I'm, I'm my worst. <laughs> the point is, do you do good stuff, <clears throat> even if it's not to show, to show that you're doing good stuff in front of other people? I hope so. I'd like to think I do, but you know, I think we're all fallible. Like, of course, we're all fallible. Like, like that's telling... the point. We're we're all a work in progress. Like, but I, I think we forget that, and we think we're we're perfect just as we are. Yeah. You know, you see two two like two girls in a club or something, and one of them's just their boyfriend said something slightly mean to them, and the other girl says to her, "You don't deserve that, babe. You deserve so much more." Does she deserve so much more? Oh. <laughs> no, but do any of us deserve this? That thing that we've got that we deserve that we have just yeah, come we into deserve. this world. And we deserve no, happiness. No, I, and we deserve this. And we de- well, What have we done first to deserve it? Well, I think we do deserve it. For I, I, yes, Hold on. Let me... We have rights. What I'm saying is we need to work on ourselves to be better people. Whereas I don't think we're doing that so much these days. Well, I think there's, for a start... Myself fully included, by the way. I'm not saying... Oh, like, for a like, start, a- I think it's how you... I mean, like, at first it's how you define work. Like, what is that work? You know, I think we're all here to evolve... And to be different and to change and to be make our mark on the world, without a doubt, whatever that mark is, yeah. you know. And for, for me, it's the Taylor Swift effect. Well, I'm bringing Taylor Swift into it. Okay. Taylor Swift has <clears throat> always, always wanted just to make people happy. Happier than she was when they're with them. And it's something that I like to do. I want people to feel good around me, right? And she does it all the time. And then Kanye West was mean to her on stage. Mm-hmm. And it literally knocked her for six. She's all like, all I've ever tried to do. And then people started to troll her and were really mean to her. Yeah. And she's all, all I've ever done. And what is it? And it really ate away at her because she's all, all I've ever done is be the nice person. And now I'm not seen as the nice person. And how is that, how does that define her as a char- her character? So morality, and like you do think, like, you know, I don't think what would Jesus do? I do love Jesus. I love the whole God thing. But I think what would Dolly do? My Dolly Parton is incredibly assertive as a woman in terms of how she looks. She defines herself. You know, like there was a story when Elvis wanted to record her song and she went, no, it's my song. Uh, you can record it, but I will own it. And he, so he didn't record it. So she always has defined things for herself. I, I, I get you're obviously a huge fan of Dolly. But again, is that not valuing something other than morality is that not valuing that it's the strength the strength of her yeah and you're the doing right. whatever you're the hell right she within wants that. and we value that over and above actually doing what's right for the good of everyone no i think you do i don't think it's possible i think you, you have think to, to do the good for everybody i think it's impossible no no no. i'm not saying you should do what's i good think for it, if but you, you do strive to uh, no i think if you strive, otherwise we're just no 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 I, this is where we might differ i'll, I'll seize <laughs> i'll seize my part along the way 
and I might walk down the middle and go, you're wrong. But I think what I think on this is that if you, you actually I'm have... stuck on our C's, my part. <laughs> our C's. Oh, like that... S-E-A, yep. Like we, we're walking... <laughs> it's a good point I'm making it. I think we have to strive to please ourselves fundamentally. Not first and foremost. Goes along with the same thing. Like if you sort yourself out first. Yes. Think about it as the thing it's the old adage, isn't it? I, I agree. I think yeah, that, put your that, own mask on before you put exactly. your mask on your kids. Yes, of course. I, I, I'm totally I'm totally with you with that. But that's morality. Mate. I wonder if that's gone too far that way. Mm. And it's too individualistic. And if it's you, too like I'm perfect just as I am. If you look it's gone too yeah. it's a little bit too far that that's not the answer actually to anxiety and depression and all no. that. That actually we do have a responsibility. It's the lack of responsibility. We hand it over to the government. We hand it over to society. Yeah. And then we don't have any responsibility. Do you know what? Bizarrely, I think we're saying the same thing. Because, like, I absolutely believe that is part of the reason <coughs> we hand our power away all the time. And I think that to say you're perfect is good. But to say you're equally as imperfect is the right thing to say. And yeah. with those in that grey area, they're where you'll make your better moral judgments. Yeah. You have, we all have a natural desire to help each other, a natural desire to give, a natural desire to do true. the best for society. I just think we forget because of all the distractions we have. Yeah. Our lives are far too busy. You know, we we have the privilege where we're going to have got, not got the time, you know, whereas before like, we did have more time. And studies have shown, interestingly, I've been, been looking at morality, like about how women, they think are potentially seen as more moral than men because of the way some things reactions in our brain for example right yeah. like men uh when watching like wrongdoers be punished mm-hmm. um that activates the reward center to their brain whereas with women it activates their um their pain centers suggesting that really yeah 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 suggesting that when women are potentially more empathic that that's not a criticism <sighs> on men at all no. like there are many really really empathic and moral men without a doubt of course but also um and there's, anyway there's, i've got lots of evidence of evidence based there that about this and i just found that quite interesting as how we play our role in the world um i do feel that women are potentially more empathic than men uh because and they found that not because of the why factor or the testosterone in men but because of socioeconomic situations of men and that they've been generally allowed to have the space to be more uh, it's all negative words. I don't mean this, but like more uh, conniving in business, more, you know, um, yeah. being, almost permission to do those things that are probably seen as not moral. Uh, but Well, the strength and power is, has been traditionally rewarded exactly. to men. Exactly. And I think that... Which is just as damaging to them as it is to us, as you said before. Yeah, and I think that this is why we shouldn't give our, way, our power away politically. We should absolutely hold our voice politically. Mm. But within that, recognise that, you know, if you look at how our politicians run i'm not sure you can have morality in politics at the same time i would like to think you there are but i'm not sure they can possibly work in the same well, way well politics has gone off on a complete tangent so i was thinking about uh memorial philosophy this week and i was thinking mm. oh, you know who you'd love hmm. jean-jacques rousseau oh oh i think you'd you'd be right oh, up his alley Jean-Jacques be right rousseau. up your alley oh god he would well, he was, is he still alive he's still- <laughs> can i get in there can i a few centuries ago, Sweeney. Yeah. So his classic quote was, uh, men are born free everywhere, they're in chains. But he believed, like you do, that, uh, well, like, like a lot of people do, that everyone is naturally 
empathetic mm. that everyone is naturally good at heart I and we do so. know what's mm. right and wrong mm. uh, but it, that it gets warped by society mm. right uh, so the government should be there for the good of the people. So he talks about the social contract. Mm. We basically all come into society because we should get out of it what we put into it. Mm. But that should be quite minimal. And But actually government then obviously gets corrupt. Uh, I think you just looked at your watch. I was just wearing. This is fucking fascinating. I was, I was shaking ground as it was. I love No, your... the government should be for yeah, the good yeah. of the people. Otherwise, you're literally better off without it. He talks about how you... You're actually better off having a mild amount of individual anarchy, people stealing and stuff, and not having a government than being in a government that's constantly waging yeah, wars. I think that shows hugely with the Black Lives Matters how protests, like, it, we have to have people protesting things are wrong. Yeah. You know, and kind of go, no, 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 we can't have this. And it's like such a shame it's not consistent. And I think it it has to go in ebbs and flows for whatever reasons. But I, I love that. I think it's so true. But I honestly, honestly, no. And I don't have the evidence to show, but it just is an instinctual feeling that when you still, like there's the saying from the Bible, we still know that I am God. And I think mm. you know that I believe that God's inside ourselves, that we are very much have the holiness the, we're all connected and all that stuff so if we if we just trust and go inside then i just think that generally like what was that? i'm not saying bad things don't happen you know you and i have had some experiences of bad shit no, and yeah. every person will experience these things but what if uh what if they if you change your perception on stuff that maybe they are for a growth. I'm not saying, oh, it makes me a better person. I'm not saying all that stuff. I'm just looking at potentially that there's a reason for these things, as we all, we've discussed way too much yeah, in we've this podcast. We've gone too far down the social contract route. We've kind of lost a bit of our morality because we've handed it over. I think so. We've handed it over to the government. We've handed it over to, to culture social media. And society, yeah, to social media. Absolutely. I think we do. And I think we need to have space by ourselves, with ourselves, really getting clear on what what it is how do we want to show up in the world and i do say it to my kids like how do you want to show up in the world okay look i i dropped a yeah. four pack of hula hoops into the uh into the bin in waitrose that you know goes to the food banks yeah so that made me a good person oh fantastic i mean four you're, tins you're done for the month. Hoops. four tins mate four hang on Tins. Tins, mate. Hula hoops. You know, spaghetti hula hoops. That's not called hula hoops. What's it called? Spaghetti hoops. Spaghetti rings. Spaghetti hoops, right? Spaghetti because hoops. I thought you meant the crisps, hula hoops. Oh. I thought, who buys their crisps in tins? No. What moron are you? <laughs> Me, that one. Oh, spaghetti hoops, of course they are. Yes. They were Heinz. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go for the essentials. I thought, no, you deserve it, life. Babe, yeah, it, no, well done, you. But, it's the first. Hang on, it's the first time I've done that, though, mate. For a long. Oh, well done. So I remembered to do it. So you've improved yourself. So see, my, so. my morality is because I've got a shit memory. Yeah. So I am moral. I just forget to be so. It is difficult to know what the right things to do is in a lot of situations. Well, so this is the thing. So utilitarians, you know, would, would say that. Uh, big words again. Yeah. <laughs> John Stuart Mill and Jeremy Bentham. Uh, w- they were trying to come up with like a method for uh-huh. finding out in any situation what the right thing oh, to do God. is. So they, would, they thought you could have like an objective way. That's what I want. I want rules, mate, on morality. R- well, this is what they I were trying to that. solve. They were trying to help you, Kirst. They go, oh. okay, Kirst, right, this is what you do. Right. So it started off, uh, Bentham, by saying that in any situation, the right decision is the one that causes the most happiness. Wow. So he thought, I've solved it. Boom. Yeah. Boom, baby. I mean, in theory, that's great, right? In theory, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But of course, then you have 
loads of uh, problems with that. Mm. Firstly, think about something like gang rape. You've got serial like, killers. Uh, serial killers. Lots of pleasure for them. Yes, exactly. Not so much for everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. So then uh, John Stuart Mill came in and went, well, there's different qualities of pleasure and, and, and happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness rather than pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he sort of came up with a different way of measuring it, like the length of pleasure, the, the virtuousness mm. of, the, of the happiness caused and all that. Mm. But then it just comes, it becomes ridiculous because then in any situation, like if you're about to give money to a, a, a homeless guy on the street, right, then you go, well, hang on, before I give you this, Tanner, can we, can we just sit down? I'm just going to make some notes mm-hmm. and just kind of uh, ascertain, right? Firstly, what are you going to spend the money mm-hmm. on? Right, so that's uh, beer and a Twix. Well, that's what I would have spent it on. So, so far, so good. Yeah. Right. And it's, 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 yeah. it does work. And we're actively told not work. to give money. If they say, don't give money to these people because they're going to spend on drugs and help. Exactly. Let, let the government help them. But then you just think, oh, quite good. Well, they are, they are homeless. And, you know, and it is. It's, and it's harder now to be moral than before. Like, you think you're buying, like, a T-shirt yeah. that's got organic cotton in or you're going to Primark. And if you if you buy at Primark, but then the people who, you, who are making the clothes won't get the money back. And it's, like, constant trying to be... I know, and on that, there's the inconvenience of being moral because we all know that Amazon is a bit bad, but, like, shop on Amazon. I do, yeah. And we all know that driving lots of places is bad, but there's the convenience that you, you want to get in your car rather than get in the train. There's, a, I mean, an endless and endless and yes, endless. Yes, yes. But going back to the utility, of course, there's loads of uh, issues like the whole, if you're on a train that's mm. going to go off in one direction and kill five mm. people or you do you kill you, one person you can change it so it's going on the other track where it's just going to kill one i'd kill myself what do you do yeah just just give yourself just, be done. <laughs> i'll take this one for the scene fellas because you know i'll jump it's tricky because it is tricky right we have mate i'll tell you what we have got the butters haven't we we've got stories mate uh-huh. yeah we've got well i Oh, I was, was just going to say lastly, it, when we were talking about I our love kids, it. and I was going to ask you, is it important to um, instill a strong moral compass in our children? And I think it is, and I'll tell you why. Do because if you instill a strong moral compass in your children, mm. you can guilt trip them into doing anything ah, well into adulthood. Nice. You know, because then all you've got to go is, well, darling, if you think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And they'll be like, damn it, mum. Oh, I know. It's, it's worth doing. I mean, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. Why do you keep looking out the window behind me? Because it's freaking me out. Oh, it's a squirrel. It was a squirrel. Classic <laughs> dog. Yeah, so the squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah back in the room. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I kick off with uh, a letter from Mark? Lovely, lovely Mark. Oh, he's a he's a top fan. He's a top fan. Mm. So he says, when we lived in Scotland, we'd often see deer running across the fields when we did the school runs in the morning. On one beautiful morning, I love how he says the scene there. Mm, On one beautiful, beautiful morning, morning, we saw an exceptionally large herd of deer running towards the road. So I pulled over so we could watch them jump the fence and cross the road in front of us. It was a wonderful sight. It would have been a perfect snapshot of the beauty of nature. However, the one at the back misjudged the timing of the second jump and crashed head first into the fence post. Oh. One idiot. I was shocked. The kids were horrified. I got out of the car and unfortunately the deer was dead. I had absolutely no idea what I should do. Leave it at the side of the road for the birds to peck its eyes out. Should I bury it somewhere and say a few words? Thankfully, in that moment of utter confusion, the universe sent me the clarity that I needed. A van pulled over and the driver said, Have you hit it? I explained what happened to him. And he said, If I was you, I'd pop it in the boot of your car and have it for dinner. I was initially appalled, but with the surname Butcher... That's his surname. Are we allowed to say his surname? Well, he's mentioned it. It's your fault, Mark. I think uh, something genetically kicked in and took the man's advice. <laughs> I managed to explain to the kids that we needed to take it away from the road. Discreetly bundled it into the car. How do you discreetly bundle a deer into a car? 
Mark. And we drove home with it. I thought this would be easy. I called my local butcher and asked how much it is. <laughs> 20 quid for a local butcher to butcher it. Okay. Seemed reasonable. Oh, until he said that they can only receive a prepared carcass. I'd have to skin and gut it myself. He says, we'll gloss over the next part, but needless to say, I learned some valuable lessons. Number one, a whirly-pole washing line is not designed to hang a deer from. <laughs> Number two, when someone lobs a head off in the movies with an axe, that's a lie. <laughs> God, and three, when life gives you Bambi, make venison. <laughs> I, think it, I mean, that's, that's beautiful, sorry, Buck, and also it's quite disturbing. Yeah. I would have been scared it would have woken up in the boot, and then you're oh. just driving along with a live deer in your car. Oh, you know? Darren hit a deer once. Did he eat it? He had to get it out of his engine first. <laughs> oh, it was nasty. It was stuck. He, I mean, he said it was very unpleasant. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I did, did Mark do the morally right thing there? Uh, well, he, I mean, the deer didn't go yes. to waste, you know. I think, people. I think that's. I think if, you know, roadkill. Well, I'm a vegetarian, but I have no moral problem with eating roadkill. No. I would not eat roadkill because it's roadkill, Mark. <laughs> but still, I have no moral problem with that. Just a, just a disgust <laughs> problem. <laughs> Also, hmm. slightly fearful of him now. Of Mark? Yeah. yeah Mark, the, way he Mark the butcher. Yeah. Describe butcher boy Mark. Chopping the head off. Just... Oh, now he knows how to chop a head off. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. He, doesn't, he doesn't know our addresses. <laughs> Keep him as a top fan. I'm your number one fan. <laughs> Are you, Mark? <laughs> Good. With the, with the knife there. <laughs> oh, I love Mark. Sorry. <laughs> Story Go on you. then. This is from Jo. Mm-hmm. Now she's just given a very good description. Listen to this. Mm, I'm listening. So Jo, married to Marcus. Okay. Said that Marcus was feeling like a 1960s American astronaut. He had a rescue dog under his arm. <laughs> <laughs> he was almost feeling like he was walking in slow motion towards the dog's home, putting the dog, being somewhat reluctant. The dog, yeah, not Marcus. Into a neighbour's home. Okay. Only then to ring your the neighbour and tell them you had rescued their dog and put it back in their house through the dog flap. So he's rescued a dog. Rescued he's taken dog. it back to where it was. Shoved from whence it, it came. Yeah, shoved, shoved it, it in. Through the dog flap. He feels like a hero. He does. He rung the owners, only to be told they had said dog, their own dog, <sighs> with them. Oh, so he shoved some strange dog in someone's house, randomly. She finishes the story. Well, she gives you clarity on the story. She finishes the story. <laughs> well, who's who the hell is the dog I've just put in my neighbour's house? I prayed it didn't poop in your house. Sorry, Kirsty Hudson. That's my neighbour. Wow. Well, I want to know what, what's the ending to that. Did they find the actual owner for the dog? I don't know. He just got or it is back. the dog still there, hiding in the cellar or something, <laughs> just like pooping? See, it was in my house, mate. It was my oh. dog. It wasn't my dog, but it was in my house. I don't know what happened to said dog. We need to find that out for next we need week. To find that out. But that, but Episode also, that, my auntie has had that same same situation. What with the dog? With a blackmail lab, yeah. She popped that in someone else's house too. Wow. I mean, this is happening. This is a phenomenon that's happening all across the country. People mm-hmm. trying to be helpful, doing the right thing, failing on the dog failing. situation. Okay. But wow. now she's friends with the black lab. Friend, the lab comes, visits okay. my auntie on a regular basis. That's lovely. Yep. Yeah. Just just visits for a cup of tea. <laughs> well, she says. Quail. Dog's calling the quail. The black lab became a frequent visitor to our... The whole thing when the dog popped around for a cup of tea is some quail. <laughs> <laughs> it's really neat. Quite fancy. But a quail. Not the egg. 
the actual quail. The actual old bird. Just give it to me. I would like it. Do you know what I really like? It's, oh, my God. I forgot what it's called. What? Coxpatch. No. Sorry. <laughs> you know what a chicken and they sell them and they're coxpatched. Is it coxpatched? I think it is, but I don't. I just want to hear you keep I saying love- coxpatched, getting ever more perplexed I- by it. <laughs> I just love that they just call it Coxpan Chicken. <laughs> Sam says. Oh, does she? What does Sam say? I love My husband it. and I had a moral dilemma about six months ago. At the time, we acted instinctively. However, retrospectively, it turned into a moral minefield. Oh. We were walking on the outskirts of town and up about... 50 metres ahead of us, heading into a narrow walkway, was a very elderly lady. Mm. I'm 89 next birthday. You're mm. 88. Shut up. Anyway, she stumbled over a tiny step and fell headlong onto the pavement, crashing violently to the ground. She was very shaken oh, and remained strewn on the cold ground. My husband and I both instinctively ran, and after checking she was okay, we lifted her carefully to her feet doing the right thing right Mm. she was very shaky so we continued to support her elbows as we all slowly walked her into town to meet up with her daughter Mm -hmm. now in the normal scheme of things this was the right thing to do Mm. end off but as we approached her daughter so they've got the old lady Mm. you know propping her up Mm. as we approached the daughter all we got was a stern telling off for Mm. potentially exposing a frail old lady to the coronavirus oh I might add, she most certainly was too frail to walk unaided at the time. She was grateful for our help, and there was no way we could simply have left her on the ground down some dark alleyway. Anyway, mm. her daughter would clearly have preferred we simply walked on by. Or maybe she expected us to call an ambulance, which would have been overkill. I mean, Santa sounds quite livid about the whole affair, but yeah. I can understand that. It's a moral dilemma. They, they didn't have their masks because they weren't walking through town. They were on the outskirts. The outskirts, Kirsty. Mm. Uh, when one does do? not need to cover the face. So what, if you see an elderly lady but you haven't got a mask, just leave her to the wolves. It's the right thing to do now. Well, this is the trouble with the shaky ground of morality. Mm. The shaky <laughs> ground of morality. It really is. I love it when uh, when uh, uh, one of our listeners, Jen, we'll call her, because that's her name, <laughs> said, I never try to do the right thing. Boom. Yeah, and so the right thing to do is not do the right thing. Just don't even try. Don't try, mate. Don't try. Don't try too hard. I say morality, do it or don't. No. No, it's not. No. That used to have so much charisma. Yeah. (laughs) Do it or don't. I don't think it ever did. I was looking up uh, sort of moral dilemmas. You know, oh. the sort of classic moral dilemmas. How long have we been? T- oh, so, so long. But it's been so dull, I'm just hoping we can get 10 minutes of interest out of it. Yeah, come on, what? What? I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I had such high hopes for today. <laughs> You've let me down. It was some weird moral dilemma where it said, basically, it said, your brother... Is drowning in quicksand. This yes. is like a serious like discussion. Oh. Of Your brother mm. is drowning in quicksand, mm. right? Mm. It's such a niche scenario, right? Yes. It's already you... niche. It gets niche. Right. But within your reach is either your brother, right, or a vial with the cure to cancer in oh. it. Okay? So then it gives you options. Do you reach for the vial? Do you save your brother? <laughs> the third option, do you do neither? <laughs> someone to go I can't really be bothered to do either really cancer brother <laughs> don't really care no whatever 
That's yeah, that's that a very is niche bizarre, model, isn't, isn't it? it? Uh, it's a good one though, because it gets you thinking. Is it? Oh, it does. It gets me it's thinking. Got me because you'd save your brother, and then it'd get cancer, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, what was the point of what that? What was the point in that uh, one? Quicksand used to scare me as a kid. Yeah. But I've never seen it. No. I don't Nobody believe has. it's true. I think Quicksand was in like every movie for about 10 years, between 1975 and 85. <laughs> every movie had to involve someone sinking into Quicksand, <laughs> in my memory. Sometimes your life feels like Quicksand. <laughs> You're trying to make it deep. I this, to... this podcast definitely feels like we're sinking Lawrence into quicksand. It I really it, does. It's like that every week, mate. And this is the trouble, is it? Because like, we're, we're struggling with over her corners, aren't we? Yes, because I don't see anyone. You don't see anyone now. No. You know, in this... And everyone's got a mask on, so you can't hear what no. they're saying anyway. I know. I did hear one of the market men say... This is the main problem with coronavirus. It's the death of over her corner. <laughs> oh, you know, God, I know. Forget tears. Nobody Forget cares about that, do they? One, two, three. We're the victims system. here, Kirst. <laughs> Nobody cares. Where's the morality in that? I, I did hear one of the market stall owners start saying, "Do you know how long I cook my chicken for?" And I was so bummed that I don't know how long this chicken for. You didn't find out the didn't answer. Find out the answer. And so oh. now, you know, sometimes when you're in bed going, I wonder how long you cooked this chicken for, did he? <laughs> oh, that's a long time. You know, like yeah, you're really thinking about. It. And I'm thinking to the point that he's he's a regular on the market. I think yeah. on Saturday, go I might say, how long did you cook your chicken for? Okay. Don't start with the sentence, I was really bummed. Because I think <laughs> that's going to confuse him. Because I'm still stuck on that. I was really bummed about That's <laughs> like me bashing my, my trolley with with some men in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like I'm being oh, bummed. Well, you know, we do, we, we've, we've bummed Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. <laughs> I mean, I had some lovely, like, quips about morality. You, Go on, then. Well, that's not I've done them. Uh, did you? I missed them. <laughs> you, you sucked me down into the into the moral complexities of of the human condition. And I realised... I don't think I did. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've let myself down. I've let you down. I've let society down. <laughs> you have. You you have know, I mean, it was I've bad let, enough. I've let the institution of philosophy down. <laughs> You know, no, so you tried I'm going to gonna hand back my first. I, mean, I, don't, I don't deserve it, frankly. I do not deserve it. You know, you tried to kill the kids at Westgate Primary. Are you going to bring that up every week? Peanut butter. And I now... didn't try to kill them. Some of them just unfortunately <laughs> died. Stretching. I think through very, 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 very careful editing, we might get about 10 minutes worth of material out of this. We may do. We, it might happen. Yeah, maybe. You maybe. Know. I mean, well, you've got a job on your hands. I really have. Yeah. Uh, lovely people, if you're oh. still here, then wow. <laughs> you deserve a medal. Yeah, they felt duty, obligated, sense yeah. of moral obligation to stick right to the end. I love them. I love them. Yeah, okay. love you. Love Be you. Well. Have a good week. See you next okay, week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. This is Don't Laugh But, the podcast that incessantly rambles on and on and ultimately answers the question... What's worse than the silent loneliness of self-isolation?